0: Good morning. Good morning. How is everybody doing today? Awesome.
1: Did we have any luck at the casino last night? <laughs> anybody? Anybody head up to the NFL game, Cardinals and Chargers last night? Anybody make that? No, TV, it was on TV. It was on TV, <laughs> and I made the mistake of going and got stuck in that traffic going to LA. So, uh, but a great opportunity again. Who was here yesterday in this? Our shaping the path. Awesome. Thank you. Repeat two time. Appreciate it. My name is Adam Fight, and I am with PrecisionNutrition.com. Is anybody not familiar with Precision Nutrition? I'll give a quick intro. A lot of hands. That's good news for me, bad news for you, but we're going to fix that. Over the course of 12 years, we have launched the world's largest online body transformation program. And I say program, not contest. We've helped over 35,000 clients lose 450,000 pounds of body fat. We've worked with over the uh, 35,000 clients. We've helped 25,000 plus fitness professionals through various mechanisms. We have a precision nutrition coaching program that we'll get into a little bit later today, as well as our level one and level two certifications for our master program, which actually kick off in a few weeks, uh, September 16th. So I'll talk about that a little bit later, but in reality, Precision nutrition is exactly that. It's finding the means and the mechanisms to adequately prepare our clients for the demands, as we discussed yesterday, if you're in the talk, about shaping our path, and really with athletes, because we can go ahead and take the simplest concepts and make them even simpler, and obviously try to get maximal nutritional adherence. Is that one of the biggest things that we see with our clients today, is we work them out. I think the industry average was mentioned yesterday about one to one and a half times per week, we see them and there's 168 hours per week, so how often do we get upset when we're training them so hard and they're making bad nutritional choices, right? Also, in that regard, can we make it a little bit easier? As trainers, we wanna go ahead and we get the research and we're looking at grams, we're looking at mechanisms of carbohydrate cycling, carbohydrate backloading, paleo, intermittent fasting, but does it have to be that complicated? So that's what we're gonna explore today. So thank you again for joining us, and I hope the next hour is as informative and as fun for you as it obviously will be for me. Moving forward, the notes for today's presentation, I'm going to go ahead and pass the clipboard around. If you use the clipboard from yesterday, you do need to put your email down for today because it is a different stream. If you put your email down, I'm taking a red-eye back to New Jersey tonight. As soon as I get in the office tomorrow, after a couple of groups, I will go ahead and put them in the system. You will get all the slides for today's presentation, and then a couple of articles and infographics that we'll explore a little bit today. So if I could just... Use some help right there, and we'll move forward. So today's timeline, what we're gonna explore in the next hour is exactly this. We're gonna to split today's talk up into three parts. Number one is gonna be the essentials, and I want you to try to relate it to the NASM's OPT model, okay? When we work with clients, we're not gonna go ahead and start right up here on the power level. That's phase five. We obviously know that when we take our clients in, we have to perform the kinetic chain assessment. We're looking at things of movement discrepancies, different aspects of joint mobility, stability, etc. We have to do the same thing with nutrition. Most of us want to go ahead and skip and just skip a couple steps up the ladder and say, hey, you're a great athlete. You're a great person that's trying to lose weight, maybe get a little bit healthier. How many of us are actually working with athletes right now? As a personal client, how many of us work in groups of teams, maybe high school, college, professional? Okay, great. So whether, I know the title says Coach's Guide to Performance Nutrition, but in reality, it's gonna be for a trainer, it can be for a high school coach, it can be for an athletic director. The goal is to try to simplify the complex, okay? A principle known as Occam's Razor. The simplest explanation is probably the best one. Part one, we'll talk about essentials. So let's establish that as our stabilization phase. We've got our strength endurance, we've got our stabilization endurance, then we'll move into part two, our fine tuning. This is where most of us, inside the media, what we read, what we establish online, articles at the grocery store waiting in line to check out. This is what most of us will see. And then we get into next level. But we have to make sure that before we get into part two, fine-tuning, or maybe your strength block, you have to establish stabilization and so forth. We all want to get to next level. But they're not necessarily for everybody. And we're going to go ahead and talk about that. What's the point of today? We've talked about, make it easy, make it simple. But let's look at an athlete's demands. What is the goal of nutrition for an athlete? Can anybody give me a couple recommendations? What do we want them to ultimately do? Perform, number one, right at the top. Everything we do as a trainer, as a coach, educator, it's all about how do we get our clients and athletes to perform better? If it's a general client, it's eating better it's moving better, it's living better. For an athlete this could be an NFL game, this could be the IAAF 100 meter final as it was this morning, late last night. It all comes down to performance so if we can go ahead and establish how do we get them to perform better that's going to help them recover better. That's another cyclical action of what the goal of nutrition for performance is. It doesn't matter how well you perform in that hour, if you're not recovering the other 167 hours, the next time you come back around, we're gonna have some issues. And then lastly, it's about sustaining. Now we can do this in two parts. We can sustain performance, which is what we want. How many of us work with clients that maybe they see us at the beginning of the season or maybe the off season, and then they take off the rest of the season, and then we see them at the end of their season, and maybe they're a little bit slower, maybe they're a little bit, have a little bit more body fat, They're weaker. And then you're saying to maybe the parents, we worked so hard in the off-season. You paid us X amount of dollars to train your daughter or son to reach the highest level of performance. And then now we have to start back over again. My day-to-day responsibilities, I direct a performance center for primarily middle school, high school, and college athletes in New Jersey. It pains me to see that we continue to see this over and over and over again. Athletes want to train hard. They'll go to seven on seven invitational camps. They'll go to Nike football, combine classics. They'll do everything under the sun for their sport, but they won't take care of the back end. And what we talk about in training is, especially when I don't know if it's too expensive or maybe I just don't have the time, it's better to go ahead and pay for the prehab now than to pay for the rehab later, wouldn't you agree? Because it's always gonna come down to that, especially when you're working in a collision sport, let's say like football, people will get hurt. But science has told us, the research has shown us, that a stronger athlete will go ahead and take care of their body position a little bit more naturally, a little bit more effectively. And I think we can all agree that if a person does get hurt, whether it's on the field or training, isn't it because they're in a wrong position? Think about any injury, ankle sprain, broken bone, pulled hamstring. There was some aspect of their performance, they were in the wrong spot. So we want to sustain performance, but we also want to go ahead and sustain adequate body fat levels. We want to make sure that we're having the right amount a level of hormones to sustain this performance. So it's a three-part approach. Want them to perform better, recover, sustain that performance, and then continue and move forward. But where are we right now? Hopefully, not there. Hopefully you weren't here this morning, okay? But this is the reality of it, right? I've been a college strength and conditioning coach, I've been an NFL strength conditioning coach, I'm now a private sector strength conditioning coach. It didn't matter which level I coached at, it was all the same. And when I got into the NFL and did a stint there, I realized I was just working with higher paid high school athletes. (laughs) It was almost worse because they had the money to buy whatever they want. Kids will get whatever they want when they'll go out with their buddies, okay I'm in New Jersey right now so the big thing, is anybody from New Jersey? Italian ice, yeah, waving your hands in the back, right? Strollos, lighthouse, Jersey Shore, okay? It's really not what you see on TV, so. But this is what we see. And when I got to the NFL, now they were just sending the rookies out right after practice, going to get chicken and waffles, and then bring it back in for the meeting room. So I was fighting that dynamic. But we have to accept this, right? This is where they are. And we'll talk about, we talked about a little bit about yesterday about ready, willing, and able. We have to meet them where they're at. So we have to meet them right here between Twinkies and M&Ms and brownies and Coca-Colas and Cheetos and cookies. But this is eventually where we want them. This is common sense. This is not something that our grandmother has not been harping in our ears over the years of developing. It isn't what exactly we didn't finish learning in school. We know we need to get to here. How can we move from left to right, slowly, strategically, and make it so simple that they can't mess up? Have you ever had a trainer? Have you ever been coached by somebody early on? Maybe you are a trainer today because you had an awesome trainer when you started your physical development. And did you ever get coached to a manner when they are just saying, don't give up, you gotta do one more, and you're just thinking, I can't. Like, you don't understand. I just, I don't understand what you're, tra- I just can't do this right now. It's the same thing with nutrition. We may think it's easy. How hard is it to eat healthy? But depending on who we're working with and how we're delivering that message is gonna go ahead and affect that pathway. Meet them where they're at. Plain and simple. If you have an athlete or you have a client that doesn't eat breakfast, and breakfast is important to them and you're looking at their food behavior journals and you're seeing that they're crashing towards the day, they're reaching for that snack, uh, snack the middle of their workday, Maybe establishing breakfast is a good idea for them. Let's start here. Don't say you have to eat it every day. If you're going from zero, and you want to go seven days a week, that might be extremely tough. No different than saying, oh, I want to get in better shape, and then you throw them on the treadmill, and then in between that you're doing battle ropes, and then you're pushing prowlers, and then you're throwing kettlebell swings through the roof. Hopefully it doesn't go through the front window. Take your time. Meet them where they're at, and gently edge them along slowly, and effectively. So getting into the essentials, that was really the introduction of what we have to cover. Let's take care of the base of the pyramid. Now, looking at nutrition, before we get into the food talk, and if you were here yesterday, we didn't really explore the actual portion control, which we'll get into today. But before anything, it's about being ready, willing, and able. So the exercise we talked about yesterday, you'll see at the top, is when you sign up with new clients or you're working with athletes, you've got three levels of commitment. You wanna ask them, how ready are you to do this task? So if we're talking about nutrition, how ready are you to change your nutritional habits? Well, I don't know coach, I mean, we play all week, I eat whatever my mom cooks, we go out on Friday night, Saturday I just go out with my friends at the beach and then Sunday I'm just eating leftovers. These are things that you might hear if you're working, let's say, with a high school athlete, okay? Or maybe you're working with a professional athlete and they just signed off the bus, they got traded, they got waived, they got cut, they're moving all over the place and they're living out of the Holiday Inn in town. How ready are you to change this? He might be just living out of his suitcase and going down to the local diner. So for the level of commitment, we have to ask him, how ready are you to do this? On a scale of one to 10, if I'm at one or two, not at all, they're not ready, so we can't start there. Or we just shrink it even lower. We wanna get up to nine or 10, let's go now. Are you ready to do it? Are you willing to do this? Because how many athletes, how many clients do we work with that they kinda maybe eat whatever they want? And they get away with it. How many of us have worked with clients or athletes like that? It happens. It happens less as they get older, right? We understand that with metabolism. But when you're working with kids all day like me, it's very hard to get that message across. What do you mean? I'm the fastest. I got a college scholarship. I fit great. My prom photos are amazing. Did you see how many Instagram likes I got? This is what I get. And it's amazing. Some of these, I mean, I don't know how they do it, but it's like 300, 400. And then we try and talk with them. We'll see them at a local game. It's like, how do we get that many likes? I mean, I'm learning social media strategies from them. How willing are they to do it? And how able? Think about socioeconomic cultures and upbringing. There might be just some things that are just holding them back. How many times do we have clients show up late all the time? Maybe that's outside their control. Maybe they have to take the bus to your session and they can't control when the bus gets there. So before anything, before we dive into food, before we dive into grams and per pounds of body weight, are our clients and athletes ready, willing, and able? If they're not at a nine or 10 for the task or goal that you wish them to aspire and accomplish, shrink it, make it smaller. Sevens, it's too hard. Fives, it's too hard. Eights, we're almost there, but it's, it's still too hard. So slow it down. So we get there, we're ready, we're willing, we're able. Coach, I wanna get better. I got a good looks. I got an opportunity to play division one football, field hockey, soccer, or somebody meets with you. I wanna go ahead and go for my pro card. I wanna make a name for myself on the circuit. We're ready, we're willing, we're able, let's do this. We've got to remove nutrient deficiencies. Step one, this is the base level of your pyramid. We can't just say, here's a diet, here's a meal plan for 12 weeks. Because what we've learned through the research is about over 270 athlete diets were analyzed. So they took high level triathletes, competitors of all different aspects of sport, looked at their diets, looked at their food journals, put together the markers, looked at the micronutrients, looked at the macronutrients, put everything together. And what they found, that every athlete was deficient in something. We talk about the importance of whole foods. There might be some aspects with the level of training that we're having our athletes undergo. Whole foods might not be enough. The best athlete diets were still deficient in three micronutrients. And some of the worst ones, we talked about where they are now, what they're eating. That's not very nutritious. We understand that, right? They were. Deficient up into f- 15 micronutrients. 15 critical aspects of their performance were gone because they just weren't eating right. So, again, take care. Let's remove nutrient deficiencies. Some of the easiest strategies, okay, are obviously let's eat more fruits and vegetables. Let's take care of hydration. How about some healthy fats and proteins? Smart carbohydrates. And then you'll see in the background right here has anybody unfortunately been in the emergency room or triage? Parents in the room, has it happened? Okay, yeah, it's not a, not a good time. Have you ever been in the emergency room, maybe personally, and you've got what you think is, I wouldn't say a life-ending injury, maybe you need stitches, but you get bothered, you get frustrated. I've been sitting here for four, five, six hours. Why hasn't anybody seen me? What do they do in the emergency room? What do they take first? Exactly, it's a triage system. They take care of the most important, most life-threatening, most concrete, we have to do this now or this person doesn't have a chance. So, you strap up your broken thumb. I went to the emergency room for a broken arm in high school. It felt like forever, but we'll see what happens after that. Everything's good now, okay? But it wasn't the biggest issue for them. Working with athletes, working with clients, this is what we have come up with and looking at all the people that we have worked with, whether it's high level, it's Olympic, it's NFL, it's NCAA, it's high school, it's even middle school. Let's talk about hydration. Let's explore protein. Let's talk about healthy fats. Right, if you grew up in the 80s and 70s, right? fat is bad. Fat's bad for you. Cut out fat. And now the research is changing. Smart carbohydrates. How many of us have been told do not eat carbs if you want to lose weight? Raise your hands. Be honest. How many of you had told clients do not eat carbs if you want to lose weight? Carbs are good, carbs are really good for athletes. The types, the amounts, and the frequency of when we eat them all play a crucial role in the process. And then lastly, vegetables, we'll talk about produce. Fruits and veggies are obviously a necessity. So our triage items, our emergency items that we're gonna take care of, we're gonna be these five right here. So let's talk about hydration, right? If you have a decrease in about 1% of your body water, not your body weight, of your body water, and if we know about 75% of our body is comprised of water, we're gonna see decreases in endurance. They're not gonna be able to go the distance. They're not gonna be able to what we call last fast. Sure, they can be fast at the beginning, and then if we're not taking care of those hydration strategies throughout the game or the match, by the time when it really matters most, fourth quarter, final minutes, extra time, they got nothing, we just don't have it. You'll see a lack of strength and power, okay? or what we call play stronger longer. They will not be able to do that. How many of us, how many of our clients are amazing at the beginning of our session? Maybe after a warm up and a cup of coffee, right? Especially those six AMs, but they feel great, right? So you probably get your big multi-joint movements, you get your power movements done first, the CNS is nice and fresh, it's not fatigued. We're not doing those towards the end of the workout because we have a decrease all right, in the synchronization, the concentration, and that's where we usually end up with what? Maybe our finishers, maybe our conditioning, our foam rolling, our stretching, our active recovery. We're going to see decrease that, and then we're going to see increases in resting heart rate. Technology has done us amazing situations and outcomes working with things that we can apply to our athletes today. Things like heart rate variability, things like GPS, things like the Omega Wave. Technology has broadened and made us better trainers and coaches. But simply, we want our resting heart rate to go where? down. So let's start with hydration, as simple as it is. We want to go ahead and give them a meal plan. You want to recommend a supplement? Are they drinking enough water? Water bottles on the tables. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I'll assume the Starbucks is really water. Yeah, guy in the back's like, I got it. (laughs) Good. Keep it with you. How do we do it? So how much is enough? That's what obviously we want to get to and talk about. It's about 12 to 16 cups. What I found working with the athletes today, depending on your body weight, it could be a more realistic recommendation of saying, hey, it's about half your body weight in ounces per day. Based off some standards with the American Athletic Training Association and working with college athletes along the way, take your body weight, and it works for me because my body weight fits. 220 pounds, half of that is 110, a gallon is about 128, so for me it's almost a gallon a day. We cannot say drink a gallon a day. We cannot say drink eight cups a day. What do we know impacts hydration? Activity, intensity of activity, temperature, as if it was 105 degrees out, humidity, which I wish there was some. That's all going to affect that. So 12 to 16 cups, keep it simple. How do we split it up? I love Nalgene. It can be any type of water bottle. Nalgene's work for me personally because for me it's about four of these a day. If you're working with athletes, athletes are in preseason right now. What might they see a lot of when they go inside the bathrooms? Hydration charts, right? Look at your hydration. Look at your urine. If it's looking clear or pale-colored like a lemonade, you'll probably be in good shape. If it's looking like apple juice and it doesn't smell anything remotely good, you're probably in bad shape. But we have to talk to our clients about this. We have to talk to our athletes. The younger they get, the harder it is for them to be mature about this. But we've all heard it, right? Once you're tired, it's too what? It's too late. So how do we do it? Let's talk about working out. Step one, let's maybe working out at 6 a.m., 7 a.m., 8 a.m. Try to drink one bottle before you train. Get that in one bottle after. If you can't get it in the morning all the way, drink it while you train, okay? Then step two, drink one after. And we'll get into like protein shakes and what we call super shakes, an awesome way to get some more micronutrients inside. So you've got two bottles right around your workout period. Awesome. This could be right here about a half a gallon if you're using a 32-ounce Nalgene bottle. $8 if you go on Amazon. Step three, maybe then just have one to two cups with meals. Keep it simple, don't overthink it. Drink throughout the day. More activity, the more you drink. Hydration is important, so step one. What about protein? How many of us have heard you gotta build muscle and you gotta go ahead and eat more protein? It's important, we know that. Are we getting our clients and athletes better when they're training with us, physically? While they're training with us? Or are we breaking them down? We're breaking them down, exactly, right? So we're gonna break down muscle tissue, we know this. We have to go ahead and replenish, we have to rebuild. But again, looking at these diets, protein was very, very, very low on those numbers of getting adequate numbers. We know it's gonna repair and rebuild muscle tissue. We know it's gonna help us make hormones like testosterone. And then we know on the third bite right there, that's a good-looking steak. What is that, about medium-rare, you think? Yeah. Outstanding. It's going to maintain a healthy immune system. right? I have a son three years old, and I have a daughter who's going to be one. Son got the stomach bug. We're talking about hey, we've got the stomach bug. We kind of don't want to eat anything, but what do most doctors tell us? Soup. Soup crackers. Fluids. <laughs> right. We go to a new pediatrician, he goes, no, protein and fats. As hard as that is, you want to go ahead and eat these protein and fats. That's going to help speed up the metabolism, but it's gonna help rebuild. We may not wanna feel like that. We may wanna feel just snacking on the couch with Wheat Thins all right, and aids and Gatorades. But protein is clutch, we need that. So how much is enough? You can look at the research, you can look at the Flex magazines at the grocery aisle, you can go to bodybuilding.com, you can go to T Nation, you can go to NASM. There's gonna be varying levels. When we level the playing field, it's about one gram per pound of body weight. It's very simple, and that's the goal of today, right? Keep it simple and smart, not let them mess it up. Here's what I like most about what we're gonna talk about today, don't worry about grams. Don't worry about cups, don't worry about teaspoons and bowls and plates. Use your hand, everybody bring up your hand, put it up, nice and high. Are you ever gonna go anywhere without this hand? Ever? Unfortunately not. Who is over six feet? Raise your hand. Who is under five feet? Five, one. five five and under? Okay. We're a lot shorter on the East Coast, I guess. Six foot hands are bigger than five foot five hands, right? So didn't we just make it relative right off the bat? Amazing. So a serving size for our athletes and clients, for a male, it's about two palms worth at every meal. Simple. For a female, it's about one palm's worth. Now, if you want to get into the grams, a palm's worth can be anywhere between 20 and 30 grams of protein per meal. And depending on how much they weigh will dictate the meal frequency. And we'll talk about a little bit about nutrient timing later, about how, listen, the post-workout window is actually a little bit bigger than we thought. And that whether you're eating two times a day or four times a day or five or six or seven, it's a matter of personal preference. But let's get, that's it. We're going to use our hand the rest of our presentation in terms of portion control. I've seen it work. I've seen it work with middle schoolers, high schoolers, college, NFL, Olympic athletes, and my personal life. We don't want to make it more confusing than we have to. We don't want them carrying around calorie trackers. We don't want them logging into their MyFitnessPal all day. Remove the math. Imagine if you had to sit down at every meal and you had to do a math equation. Even if you like math. You want to be around that all day? You need a break. Don't turn food into math. Next step, we've established hydration, we've talked about protein, now let's figure out this fat thing, okay? Healthy fats, we're going to help burn body fat and build muscle, fats are a necessary part of our diet, and some recommendations will say up to about 30% of our total caloric expenditure, what we're trying to get into. We need that for our cells to work properly, fat influences the permeability of our cell membranes. How many of us take an omega-3 supplement like fish oil? How many of us cook in vegetable oils, right? How many of us have heard there might be some sort of disconnect between the ratio of omega-6 and omega-3 fatty acids? Right. So the types of fats that we eat are going to dictate how our cells respond to activities and hormones. For proper immune function, I talked about the pediatrician's recommendations earlier, and then absorption of important nutrients, right? Fat-soluble vitamins, A, K, E, and D. Beautiful sunshine out, 100 degree weather, Get that sunshine in, but if I don't have adequate levels of fat inside my intake in my body for performance, I can't synthesize that vitamin D. How much is enough? I'm giving you the gram recommendations because we're fitness professionals, but we don't have to go ahead and apply this to our clients. But let's start here, it's about a half a gram per pound of body weight. So if you weigh 200 pounds, it's about 100 grams of fat spread out throughout the day. Ideally, we would like you to go ahead and try to get an even amount of monounsaturated, polyunsaturated, and saturated fats within that, let's say, 100 grams. But if we're working with kids, if we're working with high-level athletes, less is more. We talked about that yesterday. Simplify the complex. Don't worry about the .5 gram to a pound. That's just for me to kind of figure some things out, because we'll do some tweaking, right? We talked about getting to that next level. But how do we make it easier? Stick up your thumbs. As portable and as relative as that is, There it is. Two thumbs for a male. One thumb for a female. Now, I say that male or female, but let's say if you are a smaller male on the body weight side, you might have to figure it out. It might be one and a half thumbs. But this is a good starting point. So as we're building our plate, all we've used, we've used our thumb and we've used our palm. And right then and there, I don't have to worry about looking at how many calories that number three has. I don't have to look at looking for those little green check marks on the menus when we go to our favorite chain restaurants. Just go ahead and look at it. Look at the portion sizes. Because in reality, isn't it dysfunctional, right? Our association of portion control, isn't it out of whack? We've seen that. I used to weigh almost 300 pounds as a college offensive lineman. I found precision nutrition as an athlete, carried it through, got my portion control under control, and realized, wow, this is what I should be eating? But it'll vary. But the road of maintenance, alright, it's going to be a rocky one, but we want to make that as easy as possible. So we've established fat. Now let's get into the good stuff. Let's talk about carbs. Why are carbs important? Okay, we know they're high in fiber. We would ideally like them to be whole food or minimally processed. Can anybody name a whole food minimally processed carbohydrate? Sweet potato? Great. What else? Quinoa? What else? Brown rice? Oatmeal. Amaranth. Outstanding. I tried that in the NFL, guys. We're not digging that. When you're introducing whole food carbohydrates, minimally processed, a word of recommendation, take your time, split it up. If they're used to white rice, go half and half. Maybe you go 75-25. If you take away everything that they're used to and go flip it all the way around and saying this is what you should be eating, there will be a mutiny. There will be signs on your Jeep Wrangler after practice. Bring it back. Whole food, minimally processed. High in vitamins, we know that. High in vitamins, minerals, phytonutrients, we're gonna get into that. And then ideally, limited, refined sugars and syrups. How many of us have written a diet plan for a client and said, avoid, no, remove, anything like that? Something with such an absolute that we say, there's no chance I want you eating this. There's no chance I want this part of your body but we just did the same thing. So in encouraging them and saying try, help, figure this out, limit, we just say don't. I forget what book I was reading, but it talked about how many times a child hears the word no compared to yes when they're growing up. Power Power of yes, thank you, Eric. It's amazing, right? The ratio is disgustingly out of proportion. We have to make sure we're doing the same thing with our clients. Don't tell them what they can't have. Help them figure out what they can have. Because if you involve them in the process, especially as an athlete, they're figuring this out. They don't understand this. If you're working with a high school athlete, you're eating whatever mom and dad are buying. So what does it now become? Now you're working with the athlete, but who are you really trying to educate? The parents. They've got the money. Well, if you don't like it, then you do the grocery shopping. How many kids are going to do that? So then, here I am. All right, let's go do a grocery store tour. But this is what we have to do. Educate them, inspire them, empower them. So, conquering with the carbohydrates, here's where we're at. It's the reality. Did you eat breakfast? Yes. Check. What did you eat? Fruit Loops. (sighs) (laughs) What do we want? Let's try to get here. We know this. It's not whether you're NFL, Olympic, middle school. It's the same across the board. Yeah, a couple eyes went up in the back right there. I coached an athlete when I was a college strength and condition coach, I won't name the school to save the identity of this athlete. Loved these so much that at training table, because there was a little stash before I'd gotten there where there would be some treats. Anybody play uh, football? Anybody have, remember the girdles? Under Armour came out with the girdles now, right? So when I played back in the day, I had the belt, right, the waist belt, your hip pads, tail pad. Then they came out with the girdle so you could just go ahead. So they're just, you know, neoprene shorts. You put the pads inside. But instead of putting pads, he would put cream pies. <laughs> and then I would get to the pregame or pre practice and he would just be sitting there unwinding it. But guess what? He played in the NFL. Right? This is what we're dealing with. We may be working with great athletes, but are they great eaters? No. We may be working with great athletes, but are they great lifters? Their parents will tell you, right? She's, she's strong enough. She doesn't need any strength work. She's just trying to tone up. He's just trying to bulk up. He doesn't need all that other stuff. So we're here. Let's be realis- realistic. That's where we want to get. Don't worry about the steel cut. Don't worry about the ultra-purified ionized water. Just let's go from here to here. Can we do that? Let's just try it slowly. Let's see what we can do. Conquering with carbs, again, we're going to lower some stress hormones, cortisol levels, right? That's important. We're going to sleep better and stay lean. This is a fact. Research has shown that if you have a small carbohydrate meal before bed, you will sleep better. During training camp, we will go ahead and give out bags of like uh, smart food or popcorn at the time. Obviously, they're getting a lot of activity in, so we could afford that. You'll stay lean. If you avoid carbohydrates for too long, you're going to decrease the levels of sex hormones, Alright, you're not gonna help that thyroid at all. You may have heard that if you've been training, right? That one cheat meal and kinda reestablish those T3 levels, alright? Research has been showing around all that, that listen, we have to make sure that there is gonna be a grind, especially if you're getting like show ready. But that's why things like refeeds are important. That's why things like managing these hormones are important. But they don't have to worry about that. Let's just keep it as simple as possible. But the biggest thing for athletes is what? What's the picture say on the right? Recovery. Recovery. Recovery, recovery, recovery. If they are not recovered for the next session, we are not gonna have a great session and then we're gonna take multiple steps back. What's the amount? This will be the most modified nutrient based off nutrition goals. So if you're a personal trainer, you've probably done that. If you're a figure competitor, bodybuilder, you've probably seen that. You can read it online, right? One of the first nutrients they'll start hacking away are carbohydrates. You need them, you need a base level of them. We'll start with our athletes anywhere between 1.5 okay, and 2 grams per pound of body weight. But you'll know this, the longer you work with your client, you'll realize what's working and what's not. If you just go ahead and take a, a 250 pound athlete and say, alright we're going to start off with 500 grams of carbohydrates and then they gain 17 pounds and they're moving slower and they're not really doing well, well maybe you're not responding to that. Maybe you're what we call like an O type. So we're gonna shift our recommendations to like a V type. And maybe we're not ready for that, so we'll slide down to an I type. But let's start here. Let's just figure it out. Let's ride it out for a little bit. Let's use that outcome based decision making that we talked about yesterday, and we'll go into a little bit today, and see where we need to go. But again, get rid of the grams, get the pounds. Now, cup your hand up. That's it. Half a cup, two thirds of cup, it all depends on how big your hand is. We're gonna go ahead and throw fruit inside with our smart carbohydrates. We're building our plate, we're almost there. Male serving size, about two cupped hands. Female size, one cupped hands. And you can I- use it interchangeably. So whether it's fruit, whether it's brown rice, whether it's quinoa, with athletes it might be two slices of whole wheat, the best whole wheat, 100% sprouted whole wheat bread you can find. Two slices, will make it work. Imagine if you knew all I had to do was look at my hand, how much better we would feel. How much math we won't have to go ahead and put on that Excel spreadsheet. Produce, finishing up with the macros. We understand, we don't get enough of this, right? How many of us had vegetables or fruit with our breakfast this morning? How many of us did not eat breakfast this morning? 31% of us will get enough greens. And isn't that one of the most, the biggest nutrient that we recommend? Like get, just get your veggies in, just eat enough greens. But we're forgetting how much awesome the other stuff is. 22% will get reds, 21s will get yellows and oranges, 14 will get whites, 12 will get purples and blues. The importance of phytonutrients, we'll get into that in the next couple slides, but all right, obviously decreasing risk of heart disease, osteoporosis, cancer, diabetes, etc. So what we would like is, hey, let's try to get one cup of each color per day. But where do we turn the cups? The cups, I'll give you a sneak peek. All right, just use your fists. We're still using the hand. So why are these important? Right? We've got our greens, all right? they're going to be rich. All right? and EGCG, you'll see that in like green tea extracts, right? If you're in the supplement world, you'll see that. Luteans, isoflavones, okay? Brussels sprouts, you know the average American will eat 70 pounds of potatoes per year? Seventy. Probably most of it will be what though? French fries, right? in and out burger, I'm not going to lie. Haven't been back in eight years, had to try it out again. Seventy pounds of potatoes, a quarter pound of Brussels sprouts. Does anybody not enjoy Brussels sprouts? Try the shredded ones. Game changer, amazing. Completely changes it, the whole thing. All right? Legumes, okay? Eat about four times a week, decrease the risk of heart disease by 22%. Mom was right, grandma was right. And I love now being a parent, talking with other parents, because they'll say the same exact thing I'm saying, and what do they say? If you could just say what I'm saying, it just sounds cooler from you, because like you're their coach. And then I'm just like Dad or I'm Mom, right? They don't want to listen to me. Have we heard that? Have we dealt with that before, right? Or you work with a client? I'm working with one adult client right now, and oh, nice to meet you. Yeah, my wife wanted me to do this, and the wife just comes in and just starts blasting them. I'm just oh, I, I'm almost like, how are you still married? I mean, like, just killing them, saying you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this, and just puppy dog and a very big man, mind you, right? But then I go in there, and I say the exact same thing as she does. Not like her, though. You're right, you're totally right. I know what I need to do. Uh, it's just amazing. It's all about the power message, right? So we got greens, obviously important. We've got reds, okay? Rich in lycopene, all right, allergic acid. Let's take a look. Watermelon, in season, get this when you take care of it when you can, all right? Raspberries, did you know raspberry seed oil has an SPF between 25 and 50? Yeah. How about that? A lot of these things that you'll see, the cherries, the chili powder, I don't recommend a cup of chili powder per day. That's probably not a good idea. <laughs> Tomatoes, alright, about 22 to 24 pounds of tomato and tomato products per year. That's what the average person does. Mostly in the form of what though? Yeah, Ketchup. Which president said that was a vegetable, was it Reagan? I could have sworn one president said tomato, uh, ketchup was a vegetable. But either way, ketchups, tomato sauces, pizza sauces, etc. Whole foods, minimally processed, that's the goal. Oranges, alpha beta carotene, do you know if you cook your carrots, instead of snacking on with hummus like I usually do, alright, you increase the bioavailability of the uh, beta carotene by 85%, cook them. Cinnamon, honey, throw a little bit on there, right, make it great. Citrus fruits, right, more flavanols and terpenoids, okay. Sweet potatoes, we eat a lot more regular potatoes, not as many sweet potatoes great article on our website about talking about the differences and how maybe sweet potatoes may not be the healthier version for you. It all depends in context. Alright, we got our whites, coconut chips, flavanols, alright, phytonutrients like casertin, black tea, onions, garlic. You got garlic breath? Eat an apple. It helps. Alright, you're gonna go out, have some garlic, make sure you keep an apple with you. So you're looking at all the different types of phytonutrients at the bottom, they're all gonna be a little bit different. They're all gonna help different aspects Art of your nutrition. And then finish up with purples with produce. All right, reservatrol. What do we all know is purple, and we always say it's healthy for us, and we probably drink a lot of it. Red wine. Red wine. Not just wine. She was like, red wine. What year? Let's see how good you are. <laughs> the older, the better. older the better. Excellent, right? So again, phytonutrients, we're going to take care of that. Anthocyanins, blackberries, blueberries, prunes, six grams of sorbitol. All right, inside there, obviously for a laxative effect. Purple potatoes. Who would have thought? Don't just buy the regular white russet potatoes. Experiment, have fun with it. Involve your kids with it if you're a parent. Produce is important. Let's keep it simple. Two fist sizes for a male, one fifth size for a female. It's as simple as that. Again, this is a starting point. Now, when we look at it, let's go ahead and start fine-tuning some things. So, these were the essentials. We talked about removing nutrient deficiencies. We talked about portion control. Imagine if your plate looked like two thumbs and two palms and two fists and two cupped handfuls of food. Analyze what you had for breakfast this morning. How many scoops of potatoes did you get? I mean, they were amazing, I won't deny. The omelet bar was open. Smoked salmon, smoked trout. Excellent opportunities. One scoop of um, scrambled eggs. One scoop of scrambled eggs.
0: Two slices of bacon.
1: Two slices of bacon. One sausage. One sausage. Cup of fruit. Cup of fruit.
0: Baked water, bagel, cream cheese, logs.
1: So, what's the first thing I'm going to ask them? And an orange juice. And orange juice. We'll get into it later. But if you're here yesterday, the five most powerful words in the coaching are what? How do you feel? How's that working for you? You feel good? Outstanding. That's all that matters. Whatever we talk about today, it's about your client. You'll give them a recommendation, it might be too less. In our PN coaching program, we talk about, hey, if you're going to try to lose fat, two big cues we want you to try to master is eat slowly and eat up to 80% full. If you go ahead and take, oh, I'm trying to lose fat, I gotta take my body weight, multiply that by a coefficient factor of 10, that's about the amount of calories I'm that. You may have some clients that they just, they feel better if they eat less than what you're telling them. Or you even have clients that they may feel better if they eat more than what you tell them. And that's okay, that's part of the process. This is where we get into fine tuning now. How's that working for you? If you're gaining weight or if you feel awful, well then we start digging into his food log his behaviors, his habits, his actions. With athletes, it's all about matching their activity level with their nutrition. If you do more, you should probably do what? Eat more. If you do less, you should probably eat less. How many of us eat like we're running the Boston Marathon and we're probably just walking to our cubicle in the gym or to our car, because we got employee of the month, so we got the first parking spot in front of it. But we're eating as if we're running the marathon. Right? I actually train, I'm a strength power athlete by nature, but I train and I wanted to challenge myself. I ran the New Jersey half marathon three years ago. Now this will be great. I never do cardio, right? Don't want to kill my gains. We always tell that, right? That's what's happening. No, cardio, gonna get small. And so I validated, I'll just do my long runs on Sunday and then that'll validate I get to eat whatever I want. So there I was running seven, eight, nine miles And then I went to the local surf taco shop and ate a three pound burrito in nine minutes. I got my photo on the wall, mind you. But in my head, I was like, I just ran nine miles. I'm gonna eat a three pound burrito. Did I lose any weight training? No, but I did run the half marathon in 151 and I was jacked, right? But we have to match activity level. So let's try this out. Let's take the recommendations that we gave, we talked about it. Let's look at the females, right? This is what your plate will look like. I know it's very tough to look at it with hands, so we just got rid of the hands, let's put it on a plate. You've got your one palm of protein dense foods, we've got one fist of veggies, you've got your one cupped handful of carb dense foods. Now remember, that could be fruits, that could be beans, that could be those whole grains that we talked about. Ancient grains are awesome. And how easy are is that? Honestly, like you never have to go ahead and get a box of Uncle Bren's brown rice, boil it on the stove. What can you do now? You can unzip it, you put it in the microwave for how many seconds? 60? 90? Done. And for a guy like me, that's, two ser- that's a serving, because that's two okay, cupped handfuls. And for a female, that might be one. So then she just saves that. You don't even have to worry about the Tupperware. This is pre-packaged, this is pre-packaged. We're all set. One thumb of fat dense foods. Mind you, keep control. Yes? I was wondering does the time of protein effect the serving of fat? Like that steak one chicken. Now, if you ask, has anybody worked with carb cycling before? Okay. They will take the primary macro and say, not worry about the rest, right? So, if let's say you take, obviously, you want a, like a lean top round steak, right? But let's say a peanut butter, we know that there's some carbohydrates in there and some f- f- protein and fat, but we're really counting it as a what? Primarily a fat source, right? So again, we'll get into, there's a great side later talking about that, let's not worry about that yet. right? But fat, if you're cooking with oil, coconut oil, olive oil, mind you, keep that in consideration. Some people are like, oh I don't have my thumb of fat, well what did you cook it in? Some athletes, athletes especially, will forget that. I mean, most of the time they're not even cooking, so we gotta tell mom and dad. But, if you wanna do the macro split, let's just start here. 40% roughly carbohydrates, 30% fat, 30% protein. Let's start here. This isn't the be all, end all. Males, let's just double it. Two palms of protein-dense food, two fists of veggies, two cupped handfuls, okay, remember, fruits or starches, and then you've got your two thumbs of fat-dense foods. Remember, the most important thing that you'll see you brought it up, is dense. Look at the macronutrient ratio. If you're looking at that, so if you're teaching your clients how to read labels, what is the most dense nutrient? Like peanut butter, for instance. Primarily a fat, but there is protein and carbohydrates. But if you get, let's say, a ribeye steak, well now we have some more fat in there. But what's the density of that food type? Start there. But what's the fine print? This is, this is what we really aspired to learn today, right? There's gotta be more than that. So the outcome-based decision-making, what is it? If you have a client or an athlete who's gearing towards fat loss, you have your starting point, whether it's two handfuls and two cups and two palms, or you've got the one with a female, fat loss or maybe, listen, I'm not doing anything today. If you're not training today, and let's say you're a physique competitor or you're an athlete, I should probably eat a little bit less. But you don't have to. Many athletes, they can eat linearly all week long. Because at the end result, it's all about balance, right? So you can front load it, you can back load it, you can go in between highs, lows, you can do, we've called uh, post workout meals, we've done anytime meals. The balance is what the end result is all about. But next level, we're fine tuning a little bit. Hey, let's remove, you wanna lose a little fat? Remove about a half to one cupped handful of carbs from a few meals. And then what do you ask? How do you feel? Remove a half to one thumbs worth of fat from a few meals. You can do one, you can do two, or both. Yes? So these are recommendations for like per meal, right? Yes. And then how many meals per day are you? Good question. Principles are really built on about four meals per day, but in reality, it's about three, and then we'll talk about what we call about like a super shake. Because we're gonna assume an athlete's probably gonna have a what after they train? Some sort of shake, right, a recovery shake. So we'll get into that in a little bit, but yes. Now, the recommendations that we're giving Yeah, it's two palms, it's one palm, it's one cup, it's two thumbs. In reality, what we've found, active individuals, males, they might need up to six to eight servings of everything. So for instance, eight palms worth of protein would be four double palms, does that make sense? Females, we've found it could be anywhere up to four to six. So just because we said, hey, if it's four meals a day, you need four palms, she might need six, especially on a harder training day. So again, there's varying levels of grayness. I wish it was black and white, right? How awesome would that be, right? It's like 50 shades of nutrition. Well, this, and then it's this, and it could be this. But that's what's fun about it, isn't it? Like, if it was that easy, I mean, you know, we wouldn't have all these opportunities to get people better. And how many of the clients that we get, are athletes, because somebody else did a bad job? I hate saying that, because that's, that's a reflection of our field, but isn't it? But then, oh, well tell me what you didn't like about them. What are you looking for? Now's my opportunity to change that. I was with this trainer for X amount of months, I never saw the weight scale budge, we never talked about nutrition. Are you offering nutrition? Maybe he just didn't feel qualified or maybe he wasn't allowed to. So the fine print, just remove a little bit. Carbs, fats, respond, see how you feel. You want to add some muscle or maybe you have a little bit more higher activity level, let's add a little bit. Half a to one cupped handful of carbs, add a little bit more fat. Because what's really gonna be the constant, whatever it is? What's the one nutrient that's probably gonna stay Stay the same? Protein, right. Ask how they feel. We're gonna try this out. I just wanna see how you feel this week. Let me know your schedule. Athletes are great at schedules, right? They always know what? When do I have practice? When do I have to get on the bus? Last night we were at the Chargers and Cardinals game right now. We had limited access family and friends. This is what we have to do. Hey, they gotta get on the bus eventually. They know they got a bag lunch waiting for them. They know that they're gonna have food there. When athletes are in tune with their bodies, they know what's gonna happen next. So ask how they feel. How's that working for you? Ah, you know what? We decreased the carbs a little bit, I was just dying at work. Just couldn't get through the day. Or you know what, when we hit that last leg on those sprints or that conditioning towards the end, I just had nothing left. Okay. Let's try this out, let's change this up. Again, let's evaluate. We're scientists, aren't we not? We're evaluating, we're observing, we're demonstrating. We're figuring out the best conclusion. It's gonna take time. Now let's get into next level. Not many, again, big strategies that we'd like to go ahead and change, but let's take care of the small, sequential, segmental, strategic things by having this awesome support system that we talked about. Let's talk about workout nutrition. How many of us have been told if you don't have your shake within 30 minutes of leaving the gym, your workout was a waste, or your gains will be lost, or you're delaying the anabolic window and you're going to you catabolic the rest of the day. It's happened. I've bought books on it. I've spoken on it. But what we found throughout the research over the years is that all these studies were kind of very short-sighted. They are very short-term. Sure, they talked about things like insulin, and they talked about things about inflammation markers, and cortisol, and stress. But in the big picture, we weren't really looking at the giant scope. So if I have a general goal of muscle gain or endurance sport on the top left, what's our pre-workout? Notice, I'm not saying anything about pre-workout supplements like nitric oxide. I'm not saying anything about shooters of protein and Gatorade. Just eat normally. One to two hours prior. How many of us get clients, when we have that 6 a.m., they roll literally out of bed at like 5.51 and then hustle over to you? And how many times do you say, you know, you probably feel a lot better if you got up earlier, ate, and brushed your teeth. <laughs> One to two hours prior. For them, this might be a super shake that we'll get into talking about. It can't be a full meal, and that's okay. But if I'm going during a workout, all right, this might be, hey, we might recommend something like a protein and carbohydrate drink, or a BCAA drink, all right? Leucine, isoleucine, and valine, okay? Or water. Master water. Are they drinking water throughout their training sessions? If you've mastered water, and let's say you have a fat loss or strength support athlete, let's go down to the bottom and we're getting those final stages of cutting, maybe it's a competition, you're going to need those BCAAs. But let's make sure they're doing water. And if you have a muscle gain or somebody that's a a high rev type of athlete, they've got the muscle gain or endurance, hey this protein and carbohydrate, great, uh, excuse me, carbohydrate drink might be great, but make sure they're doing everything before that. So a general recommendation for the P plus C, alright that's going to be anywhere between like a two to a four to one Carbohydrate to protein. So let's say 15 grams of protein, anywhere between 30 and 45 grams of carbohydrate. Let's keep it simple. Half a scoop of protein, a bottle of a sports drink of your choice. Mix it, shake it, blend it, do whatever you wanna do. Go ahead and drink that during the workout if you feel you need to. Because in reality you don't, but if that makes them go an extra set longer, run a little bit faster, and if they're recovering better, remember go back to the threefold approach, right? Perform, recover, sustain. It all comes back to that, then we're okay with that. Alright, if I want to optimize my physique, or maybe I'm an intermittent sport athlete, I'm going up, down, I'm stopping, I'm slowing down, I'm picking it back up again. Again, everything's eating normally, one to two hours before the event. Protein plus carb drink, or BCAAs, and then post-workout. Eat normally. My mind was blown when the research was coming out. What do you, you mean I do not have to be sitting, all right, without shorts on, on the gym bench, shaking my protein, Watching people go to the bathroom and making sure I get my shake in. Amazing. You mean I can actually go into my car, maybe call a couple people back, drive home, see my kids, then maybe eat dinner? I don't have to have another shake? This is amazing. It's amazing how everything evolves and changes, right? Imagine if we were doing, you ever look back at your old programs five years ago? 10 years ago? He's saying Hail Mary's up here. (laughs) It's amazing how when we get better, our clients get better. And if our clients get better, then all of a sudden, we're doing better because they are. And then they're telling everybody else about how much better they are. We take care of us, we take care of our clients, they'll take care of us. Master the basics, take care of the essentials. Hydration, protein, carbohydrates, healthy fats, etc. Make sure you're drinking plenty, make sure you're eating. Quality and quantity of foods is on point. Look back at your plates, and then you can worry about this stuff. Don't shoot right up to here, don't go to the top of the pyramid. So this chart is adapted from Alan Aragon's research, alright, the continuum of nutrient timing importance published in the journal, alright, Society of Sports Nutrition. And let's take a look at the left. So what is nutrient timing? Well it's obviously it's balancing out the nutrients and the timing that I should eat it. So should I eat breakfast? Do I need a pre-workout shake? Do I need an intro workout shake? Do I need a post-workout shake? How soon should I be eating after my training session? But ask yourself who you're working with. Ask yourself when will this nutrient timing stuff really take into effect. Do you have a client right now that just wants to feel better and that hasn't done any exercise in years? Then this probably isn't for them right now. It probably might not ever be. If you're working with a high level athlete, Right away. Let's go there. Let's take care of this because we need you to recover and do it again tomorrow. So if it's a weight loss or general health, overweight, obese, probably not a big deal right now. Body composition and novice exercisers, if you haven't done anything and then you do something, your body composition will change. It's amazing. It's like when I work, primarily the clients I work with are female athletes, can't do a chin-up. All of a sudden we get to training. By the end of 12 weeks, 16 weeks of program, all right, they're repping out a few. They think their world turned upside down. I'm the greatest coach in the world. In reality, I know, you just never did them. Nobody ever taught you. They just stuck you on the lat pull-down machine and just say, do five sets of 12. Novice responds differently, they respond sooner. All right, non fasted strength exercise, lasting less than an hour. So if you ate prior to training, and it's gonna be less than an hour, you don't need that super neon green Hulkamania shake that the guy at the front counter is gonna try and sell you for $8. Goals that don't include endurance competition, just want to feel better, don't worry about it then. Goals that don't include extreme muscle gain, don't need it. Goals that don't include extreme fat loss. Again, if they don't have these extreme goals, don't worry about it. Who could it be possibly important for? Important in the middle right here. Extreme fat loss and advanced exercisers, right? You talk to any bodybuilder, they're gonna be taking these BCAAs in because the calorie count's gonna be so low, they gotta preserve muscle tissue. Extreme cases. Extreme muscle or strength gain in the advance. What happens if you have an athlete that's trying to recomp? They want to gain muscle and they want to lose fat. Well, let's take care of this little window because I'm an advanced athlete. Exhaustive training done after an overnight fast. How many of us have read things like that, right? Fast 16 hours, get up, do your hardest training in the morning or right after the fast. Well, you're running on empty. You're gonna need something. Continuous training done after that. Exhaustive conditions if you're training less than an hour. Hour, exhaustive. Not hanging out, reading your Kindle on your iPad on the elliptical which I've seen more gym accidents in the past three years seeing the evolution of technology with that happening. Being careful with that. If it's exhaustive and it's continuous, this could be good. What is it definitely really important for? If you're competing and you're doing glycogen-dependent events, things that are gonna be taxing your system, emptying you out completely. 100 meters is different than 10,000 meters, right? Minimal time between events, if you're working with athletes now, double sessions. Right now we're in preseason, okay. That's rampant. Maybe they've got a combine or classic or invitational showcases and tournaments. Play at nine, hop in the minivan, drive to field number three, come back out, play at 11, wait to see who wins and who loses. Then we gotta wait, we gotta stay. This is important for them. Exhaust some conditions over two hours, and then competition events lasting longer than those time. But what we wanted to say is, oh, you're training, then you need to buy this. You're working out, you want fat loss, well, you need to take this. It's really important for these conditions only right here. My favorite slide of all time. Let's talk about supplements as we finish up today's discussion. Imagine coming home, a long day training clients, working with kids, helping them reach their potential, both on and off the field, killing it, crushing life, and your house is on fire. Awful. How could this happen to me? Blazing, windows smashing. And then you'd look down and you look at your grass. Man, that's pretty long. (laughs) I don't think I've mowed in about two weeks. And then you got your neighbor next to you being like, you know, the HOA guys are gonna yell at you. you. Gotta keep that grass down. So what do you do? You go in the shed, admiring the view. And then you start mowing your lawn. But what's the principle behind this image right here? Are we taking care of what's important first? Are you mowing the lawn with your house on fire? Think about how many times, this will go back to the meat comment earlier, are you eating meat at all? If you're not, why are you worried about the genetic makeup, whether it was grass-fed or grain-fed or organic or wherever it is? Let's eat meat first. Before the meat, are we drinking water? Do we see how it's all tying in now? We wanna focus on this stuff, the top of the pyramid, maximal strength and power, and we're worrying about the grass. I mean, it's long, I'll give them that, but I would definitely get a fire hose out there, for sure. So, finishing up with supplements, the top three that we would recommend if you're working with a client, especially an athlete of high athletic performance, would be a multivitamin, or a multi-mineral, okay? It would be a protein powder. I can't tell you how many times I meet with parents. Well, isn't a protein powder gonna make them bulky? Isn't that like muscle building? When I was a college strength and conditioning coach, there used to be a rule of 30, which means we could not give any type of product or supplement out if it contained 30% more calories of protein because it was quote-unquote muscle building. And then I said, isn't water muscle building? You want me to not give them water? If I didn't do that, you'd fire me. So what happened with the supplement industry, right? Companies like Cytosport or Muscle Milk, they created a brand called Collegiate. And what was it? They had to keep the protein the same, but what jacked up? The carbs and fat. So now all of a sudden this really awesome post-workout supplement's probably not so awesome anymore because we had to meet the legislation, right, of a company that didn't really understand the principle of what we're trying to do. Okay, so a protein powder and then a fish oil. Okay, two to five capsules per day. About one teaspoon. I wanna make sure that that EPA and DHA count is very high. We know the benefits of protein. Protein, powder, patties, legs, wings, thighs, whatever it is. That's all it is. That's what I try to explain to our parents. This is all it is, okay? It's just real food and a convenience factor. Multivitamin and mineral support. Again, remove nutrient deficiencies. Think of it like an insurance policy. That's all it is. Fish oils, all right, decrease inflammation. Everything. I mean, if there's one big thing that has come out over the years, it's been the importance of balancing out this omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acid profile. So go ahead, pop a couple of these fish oils, take a couple teaspoons, eat more salmon, probiotics. How many of us deal with GI issues, our clients? Everybody's going gluten-free now. Do they need to go gluten-free? If we ate more fruits and veggies, maybe we took care of our GI system, we'd feel a little bit better. Vitamin D. All right, one of the most efficient vitamins, as long, uh, uh, excuse me, along with zinc, magnesium, and calcium. Where do we get vitamin D the most from? Outside. So, are we getting enough sunlight? Are we eating vitamin D, zinc, magnesium, calcium-rich foods? If not, let's shoot for about one to two thousand IU's a day. Let's start there, and then creatine. Depending on who you're working with, depending on what type of season they're in, there hasn't been a more universally studied supplement that shows that it works. But am I going to recommend the creatine to the sixteen-year-old football player who doesn't eat breakfast, eats a soft pretzel and an iced tea for lunch, and then just goes to five guys for dinner? Absolutely not. But he, the same guy, will come into the gym with a duffel bag and saying, "Coach, what do you think of this?" Boom! I got my pre-workout. I've got my intra-workout. I've got my post-workout. I've got something that says that it was made in the Eastern Bloc and it's finally been released. Uncovered secrets training of the Soviets. <laughs> It happens, does it not? Especially if you're working with kids. I see in the back, right? You know what I'm dealing with. Let's take care of the top three protein, if you can't eat real food. Fish oil, if you're not eating omega 3 high rich foods. Multivitamin mineral, take care of it. All right, it's not a big deal. So, what we've looked at, always le- recommend hey, it's got to be NSF certified. NSF is a widely, all right, a custom brand of testing recognized by the NFL, NCAA, highest sporting organizations possible, anything HFL or Informed Choice certified. True story, I coached two athletes, one at a school in South Carolina, one at a school in Kentucky. They took a supplement that they could buy at a local general nutrition type of store. Labels aren't regulated, we know that. They both tested positive for a banned substance on the NCAA impermissible lists, and they lost a year of eligibility. So you have a team captain that all he wanted to do was get a little bit more energy to work out, and pop. Two different schools, the same product. So we have to be careful what we're recommending. So look for the Blue Seal, if you Google like NSF certified for sport, you'll see that. I know in my time in the NFL, I could not even speak of a supplement unless it had that Blue Seal on there. High school kids, you'll see a lot more with the HFL, okay, informed choice. And then Exos, right down the road, actually they just partnered up with Thorne Research by far one of the most cleanest laboratories who stand by what's in their product is in their product. Is Precision Nutrition Approved? So you can check them out. I think it's exosfuel.com and you'll see everything that they they got there, all these products listed above. Super Shakes finishing up. I talked about earlier, the age of the protein shake, two scoops, shake, shake, shake and drink are over. They're done, they're extinct. We can now get real food in an awesome shake form. High quality protein, so we're looking at all the factors of performance. We had the hydration, we had the protein, the healthy fats, the carbs. We can put all that in a nice blender, zip it up, and it's amazing. How many of us have bought a protein powder when we had no money and just absolutely just had to scarf it down, it was so gross? Because we couldn't afford the $59 for the half a pound ultra cross-filtered hydrolysate manufactured from the waters of Zenith, you know, like. (laughs) (laughs) But our kids get sucked into it, don't they? Coach, this says proprietary blend, it's got five asterisks. It's gotta be good. This one guy sold me something, he had to get the key from the back and behind the glass cabinet. Well, if it's locked up, it's definitely good, right? So super shakes, right? Tons of fruits and veggies, healthy fats, vitamins, minerals, and phytonutrients. Listen, kids don't like to eat fruits and vegetables, we know that, okay? I work with kids in high school and college and the pros. I have two kids that are starting preschool. It's uniform, they don't like it. Sneak them in there. You'd be surprised, you can sneak spinach into these shakes and not even taste it. Not even taste it. Then again, slowly, progressively build it up just a little bit, add a little bit of this. Do I have my red, do I have my orange, do I have my green, etc. But hey, honestly, just start with spinach. It's awesome. You can't even taste it, taste it. Super Shake Guide, that's gonna be there online. Get rid of that. Add some. Get yourself a quality blender. Take care of business. There's going to be some things I talked about, like the super shake guide, workout nutrition. If you did not go ahead and fill out the email address on the clipboard that's been passing around, go ahead and head to this URL right now when you leave here. On your way home in your airport, precisionnutrition.com performance nutrition seminar. Throw in your name and email. You'll get all the slides from today and then a couple of the resources I talked about earlier. I think we're gonna go ahead and give you the Super Shake Guide, as well as Workout Nutrition. And then go ahead and check out the site. Let us know what you think. If you're interested in nutrition and taking your client's performance and your athlete's performance to the next level, our Level 1 certification opens up in a couple weeks on September 16th, as well as our Level 2. All right, I wanna thank you again. It's the last day of the conference. We had a packed house. Thanks so much, I will be here. I've got a red
0: eye at 10 o'clock, so thanks again. Okay, everyone, that's it for this week's edition of Precision Nutrition's The Complete Fitness Professional Podcast. For more information about how to become the complete fitness professional yourself and for some awesome free nutrition and coaching resources, come visit us on the web at www.precisionnutrition.com. You could also visit us on Facebook or on Twitter at InsidePN. Talk to you next time.